the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 445 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of randomness, technology and life and happy Father's Day. Oh, really? Oh, okay, cool. That's it. Yep. Yeah, not a father, don't care. <laughs> um, That's the spirit. <laughs> That's the spirit we bring to you at the Christmas Hand Podcast. Uh, that well, fun yeah, family <laughs> feeling. I don't know if they could be classed that, as that, but here we are. That, that's just me then. All right. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about India? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> literally hours after we recorded last episode. Episode 444. Look it up uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Hanlon's Razor. Um Literally hours after we talked about Russia's um, rocket crashing into the South Pole yes. of the moon, India landed oh. on the South, South Pole of the moon. Okay. So I didn't realise that there's been this low-level sort of space race between India <laughs> and and the uh, and Russia. Hang on. So, uh, so is top tier the US and China, and then next is Russia and India – and then below that, us and, let's say, Australia. <laughs> Something like that, eh? Possibly, possibly. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so, basically, India has become the fourth country to land on the moon. Okay. So, America, India, Rush. Have they actually landed? Something? Yes. Yeah, I think they have. Who's the last fourth one? And China. China. Oh, okay. And Europe, European Space Agency haven't, hey? They've just been sending people up, I think, to the to space, the space station. station. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's only four. Yeah. So, only do you, so last week you thought there was a conspiracy. That oh, I was just winding up. Are you it. sure? I think you've. No, let's, let's explore <laughs> that. You had a conspiracy that the Russia actually was there, and now we know the Indians are there. What are they up to? Um, they, they, uh, it's just scientific sort of stuff? Scientific stuff, okay. trying to find this um, water, the yep. water uh, uh, at the South um, Pole. So, yeah. So, anyway, good on them. But what got me, can you imagine, can you guess, I should say, how much their moon mission rover landing on the South Pole of the moon cost? Oh, in, I don't, US, in US dollars? I don't know if you're going to go a crazy figure because they've thrown tons of money at it or they've somehow bootstrapped it and it's made of rubber bands and things. So, oh, I've got no reference point. Um, I don't know, five million. No, no, no it's, it's well more than that. Oh, I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I don't know. So, yeah, no, it's, it is a shoestring budget, so, but it is okay. 75 million US dollars. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't, I thought you were going to go hundreds of millions for a second there. Yeah, That's yeah, pretty yeah, good yeah. then, I suppose. I, I think hundreds of millions is, is the normal minimum. <laughs> so, my question is obviously, they landed there and did that. Did they launch their rocket or did they put their thing in somebody else's rocket and get launched up in there? I think it's their rocket. Okay. I think they I, have a space thing going now. And okay, I think space it's, program, um, yeah. yeah, and I think it's a, it's a political winner for them because they're. So the geopolitics of the world are changing quite a bit. Yeah. China's birth rate is diminishing, right? Of course. So within eight years, if they don't get take Taiwan, they won't be able to because their country is diminishing yeah. so quickly. Okay. What's gaining is Mexico 
oh, and India. Yeah. And they will become the new um, workforce of the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's where all the um, things are going to be. So yes, India is now bigger than China. I think, more yes, than China. I think Apple, I saw a headline, I think Apple wants to move some of their production to India now. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah, India and Mexico are the two um, most populous, okay. populous countries. Hey, before this podcast came out, I threw out the call to our podcast listeners on Facebook. Look us up, the Chris and Sam podcast on Facebook. And I said, hey, do you have a topic or a uh, question for us? Uh, Jeremy Housen, number one super fan, came to the party uh, because all he does is scroll Facebook all day long. And he <laughs> sent a link to uh, fire crews respond to Auckland Zoo after an audacious ape sets off at the alarm. So they sent two, brig- two brigades there um, just to find out that it was the work of a playful primate. Um, went and Why found it- have they got a fire alarm in the ape cage? <laughs> it's a sprinkler, a sprinkler head. Now, got a story about that. So they knocked the sprinkler head, it went off, and it set off the fire alarm. I don't think the actual sprinkler goes off. Years and years ago, I was doing a forestry course in Rotorua, and I was at the, at the time, it was the Forest Research Institute, and it's made up of all these old buildings. One of the buildings had a pool table in it. And for some reason, somebody grabbed a pool cue and smashed the sprinkler. Fire crews got there pretty quick. Um, yeah. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can see how that might work. Like, you're holding the, the cue, you lift it up from the table, and you just I whack. think it was on purpose. Oh, I think God. they just that went, is oh, dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is dumb. So they arrived within minutes, disabled the alarm and sprinklers, it said. Uh, there was no danger to these primates, orangutans, or staff. And, um, yeah, they, a spokesperson told stuff, sounds like an orangutan being an orangutan. <laughs> if that's not the most casual dude at the zoo ever, sounds like a meerkat doing what a meerkat does. Imagine, imagine being on a tour with that guy. So uh, just I see the lion over there doing something. It's a lion, just doing what a lion does. Okay, yeah. Joe Exotic. <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh, you don't want to see what li- Joe Exotic makes a tiger do. <laughs> not at all. Hey, um, <laughs> talking about animals, this is a travel story uh, in Rome. Rome have called in some cleaners armed with shovels to fight rats at the Colosseum because of an infestation. Oh, can you <laughs> I'm thinking there's a movie here. <laughs> That's right. You get a high pay, like, um, what's his face? Not Liam Neeson. Uh, oh, any of them. Whoever you want. Action star. All they've got is a shovel. And they've got to protect Rome because the Catholic Church is fucking holding his <laughs> parents hostage or something. So I have a particular set of skills. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so yeah, they've got short clips have been posted online. They've been scampering through heaps of plastic bottles and just doing stuff. Tourists are sitting just feet away from the spectacle. They were all filming it, and. Um, so they're whacking them in the head with a shovel. Is that basically what the shovel's for? Like, or they trying to? It's not a spade. A spade would be cutting. No, them off. It, it's weird because you know they've done the clickbaity headline to draw me in and things like that. So they called in officials quickly uh, with uh, teams with large shovels to clean up the extra refuse and littering that's around the place. Ah, uh. which is drawing the rats in. Extra traps would be set. 
and then they'd disinfect measures would be taken to uh, get rid of them. They reckon there's about 7 million rodents live in Italy's capital. So that's about two and a half rats per person. Nice. Uh, Liam Neeson's back with um, another Taken movie. Oh, is he? So the original... I, I know. I made that reference. No. I had no idea. So I saw an ad for it or I saw the promo and I was like, what is that? She was like, I've got to watch it. She's right into him. I said, hang on. So I think it's... The first one is his daughter. Yeah, yeah. The second one's his wife. I don't I know. The third remember. one's his parents, I think, or someone. It's somebody I else. I don't think. I think I've, I've seen the first one. I may have seen the second one, and I don't. Well, think. apparently, this one's got real bad reviews. I don't think it matters. He's just cashing in. He's just there. Yeah, no. And he's got enough. to say the same line, I guess. You know, whatever. <laughs> Special set of things, whatever. <laughs> You know who doesn't I have a particular set of skills. Do you know who has a special set of skills but they still stuffed up? No, who's that? The crematorium. And not just the one, simply cremations. So simply cremations is at the top of Tirapa next to Burger King. Right. And they started off with I don't know anything about them, but I do know just driving past them so often, they started off with like a shed. And they had a shed and I think they were doing the cremation somewhere else. Then they took the building over next door and they put in a giant smokestack thing, which obviously is for cremation. And then at one point they brought in their own cremator, which was this huge, they craned it in. It was like the size of the building, like a really big unit that went in. And they took over backdoor surf shop, uh, which was there. So all of that is simply cremations. Anyway, this guy is upset. He went to the um, thing. They accidentally cremated his mother before the funeral. Okay. I was, I was waiting for you to say before she died. No. <laughs> so his mum's 101, right? She become unwell, and he says, oh, I think she's probably going to pass away soon. So he made arrangements with them to do all this, and his plan was to carry his mum from the chapel to the cremation place, and they were going to video that, live stream it to the UK. Uh, she's got 20 grandchildren. They were going to watch it. So that's all good. She died on Tuesday. He was surprised by the post-mortem examination results he received the next day. She's 101. I don't know what's going to surprise you. Anyway, he rung the undertaker and says, hey, look, don't do it now. Uh, I want to make sure I get another post-mortem done to find out what's going on. I'm going to get a private pathologist and he's agreed. Can I come and do it? And he's like, yep, sweet as. But that undertaker didn't tell one of the other undertakers. There's four of them there. So they're like, yep, fire it up. Chuck her in there. So they did that. Uh, they rung up and they were like, oh, so sorry. I effed up and uh, I burned the evidence. I cremated your mother today by mistake. He was in total shock. He could barely speak this man. And he's, I don't know how old he is, 70 something. Anyway, it's been a whole thing. He can't believe what happened. He went to the Funeral Directors Association of New Zealand. They said, oh, they were a member of us, but they actually didn't want to be part of us anymore, so they stopped paying us. Um, and the guy goes, yeah, but their logo's on their website. It's on their, they removed it from the front page, but not some other pages. So they've done that. They've said, hey, we're real sorry. We're not going to charge you anything, of course. I mean, what else can you do? Like, that, like you know, and now he's like, I don't even know that her ashes. So he's gone full um, special on it, and he uh, he he he's had so much impact by this. I don't think he's worked for six months or something. He's seventy. 
Well, I don't, no, he, well, I don't know how old he is, but she's 101. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was just like, okay, I get it. He looks familiar. Oh, here we are telling a story and you're like, oh, I know who that is. Hang on. Uh, I clicked the, oh, 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 spazzing out. Um, he's from Tiamuru, if that helps you. I'll give you his name and then you're probably like, oh, I know him. And then we'll just laugh and laugh and laugh, and I might just have to edit most of that story out, just in case. No. I didn't. My whole life. The, my, the phone is just going real it doesn't. Slow. No, it doesn't matter what it is. My whole life is when I want something to work, it never does. It, it just happens. Thanks. Uh, this dude is called Mike Lewis. No. No, I don't know. Okay. I, I, that's a tough one. I feel both sides. I do it. feel both sides, and I'm like, yeah, I, it, it's a... Communication breakdown. Yeah. And, you know, funeral homes, I am sure they have make the same sort of muck-ups and errors every other business that makes. It's just way more emotional Yes, when, when they do it. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's unfortunate. It's too bad. But, again, like, you're right. What could the post-mortem have shown for a 101-year-old? I don't know. That's the like, bit I thought was weird. I'm like, <laughs> bring in CSI. Quick, now, find out the cause of death. Okay, uh, how old was she? 101. Easy. She's old. <laughs> no disrespect at all here at the Christmas Ham Podcast. <laughs> no. Talking about random stuff, because that's what we do. Did you hear Spain has become the first country in the EU to s- establish a special agency for regulating AI, government agency. No. Okay. Right. So 22nd of August, the Council of Ministers approved a ro- by a royal decree or approved a royal decree yeah. to establish the Spanish Agency for the Supervision of AI. It's called ASIA, A-E-S-I-A. Okay. Agency for the Supervision of AI. Um, ASIA will um, oversee Spain's national AI strategy, which includes calling for Spain to lead global development of Spanish-speaking AI tools. I know, we know them well, yes. Um, All three of them. And apart from that, not much else has been revealed at this stage. That sounds like a real... That sounds like a really cruisy job to get. You're yeah. like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just risking that AI, just keeping it under control. How's it going? Good, good, good. Yeah, just making sure that... Uh, it's not going it, to get out of control. It, it, it speaks Spanish well. What are you doing? I'm watching Terminator 2 for the 10th time. Just picking up some subtle hints. When it gets like that... El Skynet is the problem. <laughs> El Skynet. That's the title of this one. El Skynet. Is, yeah. Um, okay, good. 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 Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, but they do think there will be other AI, in, uh, what do you call it, agencies or whatever in the other EU countries. So they reckon that will, will, will happen. But that's somewhat typical, right? America talks about stuff, never does anything. It's always Europeans that do something. Oh, so much stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, it's crazy. Hey, I heard about this. I read the story to, uh, yesterday, um, and it's called Super Bowls. It's the Dunedin Eatery defying restaurant prices. And it made me think of you. because uh, um, Okay. Yeah. Because uh, basically these, uh, I think they're a couple. Uh, they're a young couple. And they'd been studying philosophy and politics at Otago Uni, and um, this other the, the woman had been doing community development background as well. So I didn't know this, but this will tie back into you. There was a lunch lady who dished out $4 Hare Krishna meals at the Otago University Student Association for 24 years, right? And she stopped earlier this year. 
And you got that meal that time at field days. Yeah. From the Hare Krishna people. And it was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these guys had a food wagon and they decided to do it. And they called it um, Super Bowls. And you got to bring your own bowl, right? And they provide, uh, they've actually gone into a building now. And they've got a little washing area for the customers and all this sort of stuff. They've got 14 staff and whatever the main meal is, is four bucks. That's it. They've worked it out. It's vegetarian, no meat, which makes things a lot easier. Yeah, cheaper. And cheaper. And um, they need to sell, I think it's 6,000, no, sorry, 600 bowls a day to break even or make money, make it worth it. But they've been tweaking and tweaking and tweaking it. And they said it's a $4 main meal, $3 smoothie or dessert. Um, These people are going there two, three times a week now because... They can feed family of four for either $16 or $28 if you're including a dessert, which is great. They've budgeted everything else. Their menu does change all the time on the front, whatever they're doing. Um, But he said within one and a half hours, they've already sold 200 meals. Easy. But they are only open four hours a day for, I'm not sure how many days, but it's four hours a day. And they said... Because of that, we know how much, you know, we can employ the people. Like 14 seemed like a lot once I realized they're only open four hours a day. Mm. I'm assuming they're rotating those people through days. Yeah, yeah. But um, they said it's going really well and someone, the people are rowing up for over half an hour to get these meals. Um, He said, we're not going to make a killing of it. That's not the point. Um, We've just got, there's a frustration of inequality in the world. People accept that's the way it is. It doesn't have to be. And this guy is going, hoping that other people will set up similar operations around the country or wherever in their communities. The door's open. If you want, start talking to us. I wouldn't be surprised if they're thinking of um, either selling it as a model or uh, some sort of, I don't know, franchise is probably the wrong word. But yeah, I, I, I think it it's more like open source restaurant. Maybe, you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, because... Uh, when I was in London, I went to the Hare Krishna um, restaurant a few yeah. times uh, back in the early nineties, um, and that was before I was vegetarian. I was yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. there, but it, again, it was real cheap, tasty food, yep. and lots of it. Uh, and you know, I was working on a poor, yeah, sort of bartender's wage. So, That's yeah. right. So I just thought it was interesting, and like I don't know, I just like it when people look at something differently and just do it. Actually, on on the on the topic of making some money when you're not really wanting to make some money, yeah, this this one I got got me. I, I, I just find this interesting, so I'll, I'll tell you the story and see what you think. So this ex marine captain, uh, okay. I didn't get her name. Uh, I saw the interview with her. Um, so she was in the Marines. You know, she served. She went overseas. Did whatever they do, kill people, I guess. Um, came back and then she. Um, She's working for this uh, company that does a lot of um, contracts and all that sort of thing. Military contracts. Military contracts. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so they're selling stuff to Saudis, and they said something else, another country, I forget which one, but the Saudis and these other countries, and they're making a loss on those. Like, they're not making a profit on them. Okay. So they charge the U.S. government more to to cover the loss they're making. Yeah. And she's like, she, she finds this out, and she's like, we can't do that. And so she she puts together a report of, you know, this is what's happening within the company, gets the executives together and does a presentation to them. And she's like, 
I think there was one other woman in the room, but she was by far the youngest. She okay. was 31 or yeah. something at the time. <clears throat> and she said, right, this is what we're doing. We're charging too much to the American government, um, and the U.S. soldiers are, are missing out. They're not getting all the equipment they want because the, the price is too high. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. so we should be selling it, either selling it the same price we're selling it to the Saudis or whatever, or in between, you know, drop out the yeah, price yeah, yeah. US and okay. up theirs or whatever. And they went, mm, no, we're not going to do anything about it this, this year. Okay. So she goes, well, in that case, I quit. And so she quit. Yeah. This is seven seven years ago, I think. And she, she talked to a lawyer and the lawyer goes, hey, there's this law, and I forgot what it what it's called, but it's from the Civil um, War era. Good, like good, back good, in the good, day. Good. All good laws. Yeah, all good. Actually, all- I think the the law that has regulates the brakes on trains is from the Civil War era, and yeah. that's still the one they use today. Good. That was strong, <laughs> strong laws back in the day. Strong laws back in the day. So anyway, so she she um she goes to this lawyer and they and what happened? What this law says is they can sue on behalf of the government as a private individual. Okay, sue. Um, in the interest of the government, and then if the government wins the case, she gets a percentage. Okay. Yeah. So did they win the case? So they won the case. Seven years later, won a civil settlement of $377 million, Far out. And she got $40 million. Whoa. Her and her husband and her two kids. That's and, crazy. And, and the interview, she's just a normal chick. Like, yeah. You know, obviously, but near I guess, at 40 now, I guess. But yeah, yeah. But I guess if you didn't win, you'd just have legal bills? Yeah, well, I presume the um, the lawyer will take a percentage. They usually take a yeah, third. Yeah. And I'm assuming they're taking a third of her cut. So she okay. probably, you know. But still. Yeah. I, but hmm. Good good idea. Good stuff. But that's we've had so many whistleblowers get nobbled yeah. for being whistleblowers. This is the first good story where a whistleblower – Actually goes out, you know, goes well with it. She says she's going to give a whole bunch of the money to his church. Okay, so, good, good. Um, I don't know if that's no, good. But. No comment there. Um, <laughs> do you know what's worse than having a lesion in your brain? A lesion somewhere else. <laughs> no, no. You get symptoms. You're Australian. You're a 64 year old woman. You go in. They're like, "Yep, we're going to have to go in." They do a biopsy. They crack it open. And then they find an eight centimetre live roundworm in your brain. They don't think they've ever found one like that. And this roundworm, which usually lives and reproduces in carpet pythons. So they think she somehow ingested an egg or something. And then it grew. So this neurosurgeon's like, oh, we cracked it open. We put it in the tumour. I'm holding it. And he goes, I picked out a linear object. I thought it was like a wire, but then I realized it was moving. Um, We all felt some wave of nausea. (laughs) Uh, And then we put it into a pot. You're looking into somebody's brain. They put it it into a little jar and it's wiggling away. Oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy as, eh? That's mental. She started having um, abdominal pain and diarrhea. Okay, then a fever, and then cough and shortness of breath. That's like a Monday for most people. (laughs) But anyway, it must have got worse. Um, And they said the symptoms, in retrospect, 
were probably due to the migration of the roundworm larvae from the bowel and into her other organs. At the time, no other parasites were identified. Uh, so she had subtle changes in memory and what, thought processing. What can you do? Like, can you, would an MRI pick that up? Well, she had an MRI and it just said, oh, there's a weird lesion. Yeah. So it sounds like there was a lesion potentially. Yeah, because an MRI would, looks at the density, right? So if it's a fleshy object within a fleshy object, you wouldn't see it so much. Yeah, I guess so. So she, they think she caught it because she was collecting a type of native grass. And they said it would have shed, the python would have shed the parasite into the grass and in its feces. She used the greens for cooking and was probably infected with the parasite directly from touching the native grass or after eating it. They reckon this was the world first and highlighted the danger of diseases and infections passing from animals to humans. You know what else there was? The bat from China. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. Bat from China thing. So, um, what else you got coming up this week? No, so the, the so day... The day that yes. this uh, it comes out, so if you're listening to this on Sunday you morning... die-hard listeners that drive me crazy while I'm trying to edit this thing, you have no idea how often I'm editing this just before it gets published. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, yeah, we're talking you guys, to you. We're talking to you. So if you happen to be in Hamilton anyway... Uh, Make the trip if you're not. Yes. Do it. Yeah, uh, I am performing at the Meteor, um, a live improv combat. So I talked about this the other day, yes, didn't I? So very much like whose line is it anyway? It's um, I used to go and watch it probably ten years ago. It disappeared for quite a long time, and oh, now they've brought okay. it back. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I was I didn't realise there was a big gap. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a big gap. So I was at uh, Telecom when I used to go. And, oh, okay, and I still lived down there, so it was just nearby. Yeah, yeah. So and, you've had a practice with your team. Yeah, well, I found out who my team is. Met the team, most of the team. Most of the team were there. Some of the team weren't okay. there. Um, and we had a bit of a practice, played a few games, had a bit of fun. I'm not as bad as I hoped. As, I thought as I you might, hoped. That's the wrong word. <laughs> as I thought I would be. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm performing on Sunday the 3rd and then Sunday the 17th. I think there's only the two. So we're doing a round robin with four teams over all those weeks. So, okay, yeah. okay. I'm just checking my calendar. Third, I probably can't make it. 17th, who knows what I'm up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also, this week I had the week off, um, having doing nothing, but I have been doing some work uh, actually today on my stand-up routine, and I think I've got that nailed. I don't he's, know if it's funny or not, but... Uh, he's got something nailed. I've got it, I've got it written down, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, and then I have to go back to work next week. I know, okay. work sucks. <laughs> Got to pay those bills. <laughs> Got to pay those The podcast bills. isn't doing it. Although I have been uh, uh, helping out uh, Paul Spain with his um, speaking this week, and I've got to do that straight after this. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have time for dinner first. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> okay, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. I'll see ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.